be done in this place tonight, Lord, because it's that important, Lord. Oh, God, we don't have enough time to waste, God, but we've got to get busy for, for doing something for you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Come on, church, let's clap our hands unto Jesus. Somebody put that lid on that water too tight. <laughs> Amen. I love Harvest House. Amen. When I when I see when I get an opportunity to come here, it's always it's a blessing to me. It's it's more than an honor. It's a blessing to me. Uh, it's a I'm humbled to even be considered uh, to be a speaker at Youth Week. Every time I'm asked, it is something that I look forward to greatly. Amen. I apologize that my wife and kids aren't here with me tonight, but my daughter started public school this, this year, so we are dealing with the public school crud. Sickness, and, and she's already had pink eye. She's already had a head cold. Now my son's got it, so it's just, it's just one of those things. Just got to deal with it. Amen. I, I, I just want to let Brother Daniel and Sister Cheryl Orton know that I love y'all, honor y'all tonight. Let's give your pastor a good hand clap tonight. Amen. I honor my pastor, Brother Brad Giffen. He is my covering. He's, he's a friend, but he's also my pastor. Amen. There's sometimes... The conversations we have, sometimes it hurts just a little bit. And it's supposed to be that way. Amen. I, I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for the covering that I have in my life. Even Brother Daniel, he's a great covering in my life. He's a voice in my life that I listen to. Amen. I, I, I really do. I listen. Brother, Brother Dustin Lee, I give you honor tonight. Thank you for coming. Amen. He pastors a powerful church in Madisonville. If you ever get the opportunity to go... Be with them. Amen. That's a great church. Good people. They just love Jesus. Amen. How many here love Jesus tonight? If it wasn't for the Lord, where would I be? Amen. I lived life without God for just a few short years. And I got a lot of stories I could tell, but I am not, I'm not going to give the devil, devil that credit tonight. But I will tell you that I found my way back to an altar. And I found my way back to the grace of God. And I ain't looked back since. And I don't plan on doing it anytime soon. Right. Amen. I love Jesus. If you got your Bibles tonight, turn with me to 2 Kings chapter number 20. 2 Kings chapter number 20. I'll try to read as plainly as I possibly can. I got about a third grade reading level, so you have to bear with me on that. Everybody got it? Brother Jake and his own it. At that time, Barodak Baladin, the son of Baladin, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present unto Hezekiah. For he had heard that Hezekiah had been sick. And Hezekiah hearkened unto them and showed them all the house of his precious things, the silver, the gold, the spices, and the precious ointment, and all the house of his armor. And all that was found in his treasures. There was nothing in his house, nor in all his dominion, that Hezekiah showed them not. 
Then came Isaiah the prophet. Everybody say the preacher. Unto King Hezekiah and said unto him, What said these men, and from whence they come unto thee? And Hezekiah said, They are come from a far country, even from Babylon. Now what we got to understand tonight is that Babylon was not a friend. They were most definitely an enemy unto God's people. And he said, what have they seen in thy house? And Hezekiah answered, All the things that are in mine house have they seen. There is nothing among the treasures that I have not showed them. And Isaiah said unto Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the day has come, that all that is in thine house, and all, all that which thy fathers have laid up in the store, unto this day shall be carried into Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19, Paul asked the question, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and are not your own? He asked that question. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you? How many here got the Holy Ghost? Raise your hand. Amen. We got some work to do. I, I see a few hands that are down tonight. So that's a good that's a good problem to have because you're in the right church, in the right service with the right kind of people to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen, church. Amen. If you're gonna help me tonight, why don't you lift your hands up to Jesus, Lord? We're here to worship you, God. We're here to praise you, Lord. We give you honor and thanks, Lord for another opportunity to be in your presence, God. You're good, you're holy, you're worthy, God. And we honor you, Jesus. God, anoint this church. Anoint my lips of clay as I, as I preach to your people, God. In the name of Jesus, do a work in this place, God. Do a work in this place. Amen. In the name of Jesus, amen. Tonight, I would like to preach a message titled, Hezekiah's House. Everybody say that with me tonight. Hezekiah's House. Hezekiah's House. Look at your neighbor. Point at him and say, it matters what you let in your house. Amen. You can be seated if you've not already sat down. Please allow me for a few moments to build a foundation to preach from tonight. Hezekiah was the 13th king of Judah. He preceded Ahaz, his father, who was an unholy king. Hezekiah was a young man when he began to reign at just 25 years of age. And he was considered, according to history, to be a very righteous king, for he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. At least at first. In the first month of the first year, King Hezekiah's of King Hezekiah's reign, he would restore the temple and all the contents within. And he did so in just eight days. King Hezekiah tore down the high places that his father had built up all across the city in reverence to false gods. He gave permission to the to the priest to, to perform blood sacrifices to God according to Scripture in which hadn't been done in years. And the result being a mass revival within the people of God. Something that I'd like to, to bring to your attention tonight before I go any further in this message is that Hezekiah did all of this despite having been raised by a father who did not believe in God. 
You come too late, young people, to tell me that you can't live for God because your mama and your daddy does not live for God. You've come too late to tell me that. I wish I could get your attention tonight. It's been proven time and time again that your last name and your pedigree doesn't give you favor with God. Because I'm here standing here before you tonight. I don't have deep roots in apostolic Pentecost. I was asked a question before service. What generation am I? If you really look at it, I'm only a second generation apostolic Pentecostal preacher. Your pedigree doesn't give you favor with God. But the time you spend on you, you can be young in years. You can be young in, in your age, but you can be old in hours. You can be old in hours praying to God. You can be old in hours reading the word of God. You can be old in hours going out and reaching the people who don't know nothing about God. Your last name really doesn't give you any kind of favor with God. But what does matter is when you get a made up mind that I'm going to make it. Anybody here got a made up mind that you're going to make it? Amen. I'm going to make it. And I'm going to take as many with me as I possibly can. Because there's only one thing worse than going to hell. And that's going to hell and taking somebody with you. I got some babies at home that I want to see live for God all the days of their life. And I'm going to do my part to help them along. And I see some kids in this church today. And I'm going to do my part to help them along and tell them you can do it. You can live for God. You can live for God. I'm not going to be a casualty to this world. But I'm going to be a revivalist in these last days, church, because I tell you tonight, we are li living in the last days. If, you, if you're paying attention to anything that's going on, we're living in the last days. There's some things that are playing out, and it's going right along with Scripture, and a lot of people are sitting back wondering why the world's happening like it's happening, but God's saying this is part of my plan, and it's time for the church to be the church, because it's part of His plan church it's time for revival if I had it to do all over again young people I would go to my school as a teenager and I'd turn those hallways upside down I, I, I would put my phone in my pocket with the Bible app on it and I'd carry that leather bound book in those hallways of that school and when somebody would make fun of me I would tell them you know what you might make fun of me now but there's going to come a time when every knee's going to bow and every tongue's going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. My God. Hezekiah didn't pay attention to the peer pressure when they, when they would tell him that how your father would have done it. He didn't worry about what, what the talk was behind his back because he wasn't following in his father's footsteps. But he had a made-up mind. I'm going to do what's been proven to work in times past. And I'm going to worship God. So I come here to preach to this group of young people tonight that worship is still important in the church. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm going to go a little bit further. Worship is still important when you're in your house, in your bedroom. Oh, you got you to gotta put the phone down and you need to fall on your knees and cry out to God in that secret place and say, God, I love you and I sacrifice. I consecrate this place right here. What would happen, Pastor, if every young person in this church had a had a very, very strong and prominent prayer life at home? What would happen? Revival! Revival! Because God would say, oh my God, Harvest House has got about five or six young people that are willing to do whatever it takes to see revival. They got about 10 or 12 young people who are willing to sacrifice some personal time. How I wish I could do things different, church. My God. Worship's still important. The last time I checked, the sign out front said Apostolic Pentecostal. And to people driving down the street, that means there's some crazy people in that church that run the aisles and roll in the floor, and they speak in a language that... I don't even understand. It don't seem real to a lot of outsiders. But what God sees when he sees you walk into this church and you lift up holy hands unto him despite having a bad day, despite living in a home where you're the only one living for God. He sees the love that you show him. He sees the dedication that you're willing to give to him. And that's worship, church. God sees your worship. Scripture says that God has gone up with a shout. That means when, when somebody lets out a roar unto Him, He stands up off the throne and says, What's going on at Harvest House? What, who's fighting a battle? Actually, who's winning a battle right now? Who's winning that battle right now? Because when you worship church, young people, listen to me tonight. Elders, listen to me tonight. When you worship, you win. Despite how you feel when you walk into the house of God and you lift up your hands, you're winning that battle. You might leave. You might leave feeling like nothing happened. But God said, I'm going to work it out for you because you're willing to do whatever it takes because you don't give up. You just keep pressing. You just keep pushing. You don't give up on God. When you worship, you make hell tremble. When you get a made up mind to live for God despite mama and daddy being at home and you're doing this all by yourself, you make the devil shake in his boots. I wish we could get some worshipers in the church. Amen. I go to a powerful church. 
I'm part of a powerful church, and we, we, and we still reminisce about days past, Sister Sister Cheryl, Brother Dan. We still reminisce about the times when people would run out in the streets and people would circle the church, and we still reminisce about those times. I wish we could go back to those times and have that kind of church now. But we got too many pretty Pentecostals in the church. We don't need any more pretty Pentecostals in the church. We don't need no more fancy hairdos in the church. But what we need are some people that are willing to worship. Ladies, we need you to shout your hair down. Young men, we need you to worship until your shirt tail comes untucked. Because it makes God happy. The adversary knows that if he can get your worship, he can get your walk with God. Anybody remember how it felt when you first came to God? Anybody remember that moment when you lifted up your hands at an, at an altar of forgiveness and the Spirit of God swept through you and you became you, you started speaking in an unknown language that you'd never spoken before? Anybody remember that time? You didn't care what people thought about you. You didn't care what you looked like. You didn't care if you had the ugly crying face on or whatever, whatever was happening. All you cared about was giving God the glory that he was worthy of. Then why do we go back to just being an ordinary saint in the church? Why do we step back why do, we, why do we look at somebody who's worshiping when we should be worshiping too? I didn't mean to preach it this hard. I'm, so, I'm not sorry at all, really. But I'm telling you, worship is still, it's still part of the church. Because if he can get your worship... If the devil can confine you to the place in which you're sitting right now, he knows that there's no chance. There's no chance in you doing what God desires you to do in this church. There's no chance if he can confine you to just sitting at home on the couch, scrolling through Facebook, Instagram, or whatever else you got going on. He knows if he can confine you to that, then you'll never get deeper in the, in the word of God. He knows that if he can keep you, he can take that worship from you. Oh my God. Oh my God. We've got to get victory. Oh my God. We've church, I, I've been in a little I've struggled. I've struggled. Let me be let me just be honest tonight. I've struggled getting what I'm gonna preach to what I'm preaching to you right now. I wanted to preach something totally different. I wanted to go a totally different route. But God said, you're going to preach this. Because worship is still, is still important to God. We've got to worship. Corbin has got to see you worship, Texas. He has got to see you read that word of God. He has got to see you pray at home. Family prayer meetings are still important in your home. Is this your daughter? She has got to see you pray. She has got to see you consecrated to the house of God. Listen, sis, you've got to do it for her because her walk with God depends on you doing it right too. We can't depend on our kids to do something we're not willing to do ourselves. 
I got a strong conviction about that. Because I got two, two little kids. I got a baby girl who's five years old. And I got a son who's three. And guess who's leading worship at our church most of the time? It's those two kids. When, when no one else is willing to worship, they don't know what it's like to just sit around. But they're going to stand to their feet. You want to know why? Because mama and daddy made a point to be worshipers in the church. Oh, my. Young people, the devil don't mind you coming to a youth service on Tuesday night just as long as you don't worship God. He don't mind you coming to church just as long as you don't move. Just as long as you stay the same and you leave this place the very same way that you walked in. He don't, he don't care. You can, you can dress the part. You can look the part. You can even act the part in front of everybody else. But as long as you don't do nothing for God, you're not a threat to His kingdom. You're not a threat to, to His community. But the very moment you get a made up mind that I'm going to do whatever it takes to be a child of God, Sister Penny, whenever you get a, I know you're doing it right. You're living strong. I'm not pointing you out. But when we get a made up mind to do whatever it takes, you become a threat. And then you get crosshairs put on your chest. And the devil says, we've got to slow that person down. We've got to slow them down because they're going to win their family. If I'm not careful, if I don't get some strongholds attached to their lives, they're going to win their mamas and daddies. If, if, if I, the devil's thinking, if I'm not careful, if I don't send some demons to attack them, if I don't steal some sleep from them, they're going to convert somebody in the hallways of their school. Oh my God. I would rather you be that than to be some cool cat sitting on a pew. I would rather be I would rather be made fun of because I'm a worshiper and because I'm sold out to God than to be fitting in with the crowd because I'm too cool to worship because I'm too cute to praise God. He don't mind you showing up on Sunday just as long as you don't show up bringing somebody to church. So I've come here to empower some students and tell you that worship is vital to revival. Worship wins battles that tears won't wash away. I get so sick and tired sometimes of seeing the same old people cry the same old tears because they're fighting the same old battle. Sometimes you got to lift your hands up and you got to leap for joy. Sometimes you got to get a holy boldness about you and say, I'm going to worship God because I've been saved. Because I'm, oh, the blood of Jesus has wiped all my sins away. Devil, and you're not going to take my worship. You're not going to take my praise. 
Worship tears down walls. Worship pushes back the darkness. Don't wait on your neighbor to worship, but you worship now. You worship now. Don't wait on your youth pastor to stand behind the pulpit and cheerlead you in a worship service, but you worship because the blood of Jesus is worthy. I think some young people need to serve hell notice tonight that you're going to be a worshiper. Just go ahead, young ladies. I see you taking notes. Just put that notepad down in the pew and stand to your feet and start worshiping God. That's where we are. In the, if you're wondering where we're headed, that's where we're headed right now. We're headed into worship. Hallelujah, Jesus. You're worthy. Come on. Come on, lift up your voice. Oh God, you're worthy. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus, you're worthy. God, I give you my life. I give you my soul. I honor you, God, because you're worthy. Let's just linger right here for a moment. I don't have to finish this message. Let's just let God take over in this place.
preached my first message until I was about 19 years old and even then I still walked away from God a second time and that's the reason why I preach like I preach now because I see too much potential sitting within the pews of this church and it would be a shame for you to take the same roads that I took trying to fit in with the crowd while all along you were called to do something great for God I'm here to tell you tonight that you've not yet stepped into the potential that God has anointed you with. There is an anointing that you have not tapped into. Young ladies, there's an anointing that you've not tapped into. Young men, there's an anointing that you've not tapped into. And I stand before you tonight to let you know that there are great singers and preachers that have never stepped foot on a platform standing in this church. I'm here to tell you that tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. Because it's a revival or die situation that we're living in. Young ladies, young men, don't you be ashamed of what you are, but you be apostolic. No matter what, you be apostolic. Young ladies, if, you want to get, if they want to question you about how you dress and how you look, you tell them, because I'm apostolic, because how I look separates me from the world. And God sees it because I live a whole, holy and pure lifestyle because of how I dress and how I honor God. Young men, you be separate in how you present yourself. God don't need no macho man in the church, but he needs some sensitive young men who ain't afraid to cry real tears. I really don't know what, how to end this. God's desiring more from Harvest House because there is a great revival. I can feel it. I can feel it, Pastor. I feel it. I've had a yearning in my soul for several, several, many, I'm probably close to a year now. Oh my God. I just, I just want to have, I just want to be a blessing to God. Amen. Everybody's like, God bless me, but God's like, why don't you bless me? Because I've said I've already did my part. It's our church. It's our turn, church. It's our turn to do our part in the revival that God's wanting to have. Because it's going to be powerful and it's going to be worth it. Young ladies, you stay pure. You stay holy. You keep yourselves until marriage. Young men, you stay pure. You stay holy. You stay separate. And you keep yourselves until marriage. You push back the darkness. Oh, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
The devil would love to mess your world up and get you all wrapped up in an unholy relationship. But God says, I want you for me. I want you for the kingdom. Oh, my God. I wish you would dedicate yourself tonight. Clap your hands unto Jesus from It's time for the power to begin to flow in this place. We need the Holy Ghost to flow in this place. How many of you in this place have received the Holy Ghost, but it has been a long time since you spoke in tongues? How many wants that not to be true by the time you leave tonight? All right. That's not going to be true by the time we leave tonight. We got to have that flowing again. It's got to happen again. Because that's what's going to keep you going forward. Talked last night about Ruth. And thing is, she made that decision. She made that repentance decision to leave Moab. But, it, but she could not have anything produced out of her until she got herself into the covenant married line. The Holy Ghost is Jesus coming inside of you. And it is entirely possible... To have the Holy Ghost and let it go. We can't let it go. Got to keep it flowing. Got to happen. And in fact, it needs to happen every day. It needs to happen every day. You need to be praying every day until that happens. And if you haven't followed the full plan of salvation, that needs to happen too. You need to repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins because that's what washes it away. That's what gets it off of you. And then he promises you will be filled with the Holy Ghost. And that's what's going to keep you. That's what's going to give you the power to make it is the Holy Ghost. So if you said that, if you want to receive the Holy Ghost, if you want to be refreshed with the Holy Ghost... If you have never received the Holy Ghost, is there anyone here who has never received the Holy Ghost? Do you want it? All right. We'll get there. Praise the Lord. Let's get there. All right. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for the refreshing of the Holy Ghost. You said you wanted it. We're going to pray. Come on up.